Welcome to Married by Design. Are you living the best life in the second part of your life? Are you preparing to live your best life in the second half of life? How do you work through the challenges and the struggles that you may have to face? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design. We're in the middle of a series entitled The Best is Yet to Be. It's all about looking at the second part of our lives and understanding biblically what our perspective and expectation should be. It's certainly not automatic and not a guarantee that the second part of your life is going to be great. There are choices that you have to make and plans that need to be in place in order to ensure that it's all that God wants it to be. The series is not just for those that are over 50, because even if you're younger, you need to think through those issues and make a plan for the second part of your life. It certainly is true that there's no guarantee the second part of your life will be great. It's interesting. I read that there are about 100 individuals whose lives are spoken about with some detail in the Bible. Of this group, only about a third appear to have finished well, with most failing in the second part of life. That's not really a great percentage. We've already looked at a number of people in the Bible that did not finish well, but it's also the case around us today. More people in the second half of life are choosing a gray divorce. That's a term for a couple who have been married for a number of years and decided to divorce when their hair is gray. The Wall Street Journal reported in its Life and Culture section that the rate of divorce among Americans aged 50 and older has more than doubled over the last two decades, rising to its highest level on record. There are a number of issues that people face in the second half of life that can lead to struggle in marriage and set them up for not finishing well. A person can struggle with deep regrets for the choices that were made earlier in life. The challenges and disappointments of life can lead a believer to a crisis of faith when they find that life is not what they expected or difficult things happen. Couples can struggle with a number of problems that remain unresolved even after years of marriage. Financial difficulties can add a significant amount of stress to a couple, especially as they enter their years of retirement. Health issues can be a source of great frustration and stress. In the second half of life, couples can find themselves weighed down with the demands of caring for aged parents. Empty nesters may enjoy the time as a couple, but still may struggle through issues with their adult children. The second half of life can be the time of life when someone realizes that their expectations of life are not being met. The grand ideas and goals they've had for their life may not have come to fruition. It may be because of external challenges and events outside their control. The disappointment may be a result of their own bad choices. Either way, they can face the fact that their life has not turned out the way that they wanted. This risk of not finishing well and facing some of these deep challenges can lead to what is often referred to as a midlife crisis. The phenomenon is described as a psychological crisis brought about by events that highlight a person's growing age, inevitable mortality, and possibly a lack of accomplishments in life. Donald Ritchie said that midlife crisis begins sometime in your 40s when you look at your life and think, is this all? And it ends about 10 years later when you look at your life again and think, actually, this is pretty good. 
This can happen at a time when a person begins to evaluate their life and ask questions about the direction of their life. They begin to consider their expectations about what they want in life and how those expectations have been unfulfilled. Whether you've had or will have a midlife crisis or just struggle through some of these issues in the middle of your life, I think it's important to address the central theme of expectations that can creep into our minds during this time of life. Our minds can get a little wonky and we can get a little confused if we don't understand one key principle. I think one of the reasons that these issues can come up is that a person lives by their own expectations rather than God's. When these issues begin to crowd in, you will not handle them well if you are driven by your own expectations and desires rather than God's. The great divorce centers on the desires and expectations of the spouse rather than God's will for their life. Financial difficulties and stressors related to caring for your parents can reveal a heart that is centered on your own desires rather than God's. This is certainly true with a midlife crisis. Bruce Pepin, in his book that we have been referring to, talks about coming to the realization that his view of God was skewed. He says, I discovered at the core of my life there was a belief that God had to operate according to my terms and conditions. Didn't I know what would make me happy and how life was supposed to turn out? He realized his frustration came from having his perspective upside down. God is the authority and we need to live according to his terms and not our own. We must acknowledge his authority and drop our unrealistic expectations about how life should be and subject our plans to his. This can be a great revelation as we grapple with the issues we face in midlife and the challenges that we have to work through. It's important to really understand that it's not about our needs and our expectations, but about God's will. He has plans for you and has plans for you in the future. It's not about having your best life now and doing whatever you can to achieve what you want. It's important to see that you are a servant and find your greatest joy and contentment in serving your master. That attitude in itself can put in context all the issues that we face. Life may not turn out the way we want. We may have to face challenges and difficulties in the second part of our life. But they can be something that drives us to the Lord and causes us to surrender to Him. Or they can be a source of constant frustration and disillusionment if we don't adjust our focus to His purposes. That's right. If you want to enjoy the second half of life even more than the first, you need to have the foundation of surrender to the Lord and His will. If we accept that He is in charge of our life and He can do as He wills, we can live with grace and peace and a great amount of joy. If we live by our own expectations and focus on what we can do and what we should have, we are headed for disappointment and frustration. There's a great example of that in the Old Testament book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar has a surgery on his heart. Not his physical heart, but his spiritual heart. He got to a point where it was all about him and what he wanted and what he could accomplish. And he accomplished quite a bit. But God had to make a change in his heart to set him right. It says in that chapter that Nebuchadnezzar was all about himself and what he had achieved. It says, At the end of twelve months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, 
And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? There is a heart that needs surgery, the heart that is focused on self and what you can get and what you've gotten. For Nebuchadnezzar, he achieved it all, and yet he still needed to have heart surgery. For many people in the middle of life, they don't accomplish and don't receive what they want, but the heart surgery is still needed. Either way, the wrong person is on the throne. They are being driven by the wrong motives. So the Lord performs a surgery on Nebuchadnezzar. This is what the Lord said to him. This is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time will pass over you, until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes." And after you recognize that it is heaven that rules. There in the last verse is the key I was talking about. For Nebuchadnezzar and each of us to recognize that God is the ruler over everything. He is in control and orders our lives. He does what he wants. We are just his servants. Servants put aside their own desires and goals and take on their masters. This one concept will take away the frustration of elderly parents unmet expectations about your spouse in the middle of life, and any other challenges you may face. And if you need heart surgery, welcome it. This is the only way to live with the expectation that the best is yet to be. That the second part of your life can be sweet and enjoyable even with the challenges that you face. After Nebuchadnezzar had a period of time living as an animal, he finally submitted to God's rule over his life. It says, But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are true, and his ways are just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. From Daniel 4, verses 34 and 37. His works are true, and his ways are just. Remember that. Remember that in the challenges of your life, whatever you may face, you can trust a God who is sovereign and in control of all things. His ways are just. Don't even think about leaving your marriage. With the financial difficulties or your struggle with adult children that aren't walking with the Lord, recognize that God is in control of your life and their lives and rest in Him and acknowledge that as Nebuchadnezzar learned to. Pepin has some real insight into this transformation. He points out that God uses disruptions in our lives, sometimes painful ones, to make us release our tight hold of our life in this world and living selfishly. He asks us to let go of the things of this world that we love more than Him. He wants our hearts to hold on to Him above everything else. He wants us to realize that we aren't really looking to Him for life. Usually this makes us angry at first, which really proves his point. Pepin says, Don't you hear people say, Why did God let this happen? Far more than you hear them say, Why aren't I more fully given over to God? There's a sweet balance that we should have in our mind between God's compassion and love for us and His authority over our lives. It's seen in Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 4. 
look at the things that God says in that passage. Let me read it for you. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes and are honored, I love you. Whatever crisis you face, you can submit your life to a loving and gracious God that wants to lead you. The end of it is not necessarily the life that you expect or want, but it's one that He wants and one in which you can be fully satisfied and have joy as you walk with Him. Well, now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to discuss with your spouse the challenges that you've had in your marriage in the past. How have you struggled and how could your perspective have changed or did it change because of the truths from Isaiah 43? Use that reflection on your past to prepare yourselves for the future challenges as you go through the second half of your life. This lesson will help you to live your best life that you can for God's glory. Well, let's pray. Father, I just pray for each person listening, including ourselves, God, that you would help us to see that our best life uh, is not centered on us getting everything that we want and having life perfectly the way we expect it. But it's submitting to you, trusting in you, uh, Lord. We know that you know what's best. You know how you want to use us and the things that you want to allow in our lives for your glory. And I just pray that you would help us to accept those things and to live for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. We want to thank you for listening, and we want to encourage you to share this episode with someone. Just click on the share button and put it on Facebook or text it to somebody who could be encouraged. If you have questions or comments, feel free to contact us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking at strengthening your marriage relationship so that it's better than ever. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design.